The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And the royal carnage continues at Kauffman Stadium as KC is now 0-6 against Detroit this year at home and 3-8 overall as the Royals lose 5-1 and Detroit picks up right where they left off. It's Davo on your dish. Another disappointing one for game three of this all-important four-game series. You can listen to some people who say it's not that big of a deal. There's still 10 weeks in the season. Believe what you want to believe. But the Royals now have lost 70-25 to against Detroit the last nine games played at Kauffman Stadium. Like I said, they're now 0-6 at home. They're 3-8 against Detroit this season. More importantly, they're now seven and a half games back, nine in the loss column. Detroit has run, and they have gone bye-bye. 5-1 to is the score tonight, like we said, and not a lot to really discuss that's new tonight. James Shields, the good news was awesome for a second consecutive start tonight for the Royals. Seven innings at a big game, James. Did a nice job for the Royals. Two runs, seven hits, eight strikeouts, zero walks. Perhaps would have only given up one run had Alex Gordon been in the field in left field with Aoki getting a questionable route on Avila's ball that perhaps led to a run that shouldn't have been charged to James Shields. Didn't end up mattering in the end. Um, but James Shields pitched really well, which was good to see. Uh, but, again, it didn't matter for the second straight night. A great outing from a Royals pitcher and another loss because the offense continues to be punchless, pathetic. I mean, whatever you want to call them. They were 0 for 5 tonight with runners in scoring position, 3 for 21 now in the series. We talked about how last night every single player in the Royals starting lineup came to bat at least once with a runner in scoring position. They only got one run last night with all those 11 hits and on and on tonight. Plenty of runners again. Had a couple of double plays early on in the game. Runners at third with nobody out one inning and nobody scored on a double play ball and a strikeout. Runner at third with one out and another inning. Nobody scored. Runners at second a couple of times. Nobody scored. So just not happening for the Royals right now on offense. James Shields, great again. What else is new? Like we said, Kelvin Herrera was effective. A little worrisome walking the leadoff hitter there in the eighth. Also allowed a single in that inning, but in between had the double play ball and then was able to get out of that inning scoreless in the eighth. Aaron Crow struggled in the ninth. Got two outs, but allowed two home runs. Three hits overall. Had a walk in there, three earned runs. ERA still a very good 2.75 out of the pin, but that pretty much put the game away. Well, not pretty much. It did put the game away. Joe Nathan didn't have to come in. Not that it would have mattered anyways. Just there's not really a lot to say that, that we haven't talked about. I mean, there's no, you know, what else is new? Uh, the one thing I'll, that I want to discuss a little bit here and talk about is that I'm getting kind of sick and tired of hearing the team, you know, the media. I'm getting tired of this, oh, second-half attitude. Two years in a row, we've been much better in the second half. We're a second-half team. You know, even if we lose tomorrow, we're still, you know, last year we were six under at the break. This year we're going to be sitting at 500, worst case, and we got to right where we want them. There's still 68 games left in the second half. Well, come on, guys. We lose tomorrow. We're, done. we're, we're already done with Detroit. We already discussed that. We're in a loss tomorrow, which is going to happen. They're going to be 10 behind Detroit in the loss column, eight and a half. That ship is completely gone. Now we, look, we focus on the wild card, and just like last year, you're going against several of teams now all of a sudden so yeah you're five games or six games I guess ahead of where you were this time last year once you lose tomorrow but last year you had the best record in the American League and you still couldn't get in the playoffs 
So why are we acting like it was such a huge accomplishment last year in the second half? What did it lead to? It led to the Royals staying at home for, you know, 28 years in a row, 29 years in a row now. I mean, why are we bragging that our second half was so good last year? Like, I understand the point. The point is, yeah, we're six games ahead. And if we can do that exact same thing this year, we'll make the postseason. That's true because they missed it by what? Was it three and a half, four games? Or not three and a half, obviously. Three or four games last year. So I guess technically if they have the exact same record this year, they probably get that second wild card by a game or two. I mean, but you can have the, the best record in, in the American League in the second half, and unless Detroit completely melts down, which is not going to happen. They've already run away and hid, and they're going to add to their team. Their starting pitching is nails. They're going to improve the bullpen. Their offense is nails. So even the best record in the AL in the second half, you're not going to catch Detroit. You're 10 back in the loss column with 68 games to go. That's, that's done. Now the problem is you're competing with five other teams, Seattle, Cleveland, Toronto, New York, Baltimore. All of a sudden, you're a game ahead of Cleveland, possibly tied with Cleveland after tomorrow. So you're in a dogfight with five teams for one wild card. You've got to assume the Angels are going to grab the, the first wild card. And you don't think that one or two of those five teams aren't going to get white hot in the second half, too? You don't think that the following five teams don't have more payroll flexibility? Seattle, New York, Baltimore, Toronto, Cleveland. All five of those teams are much more apt to add payroll and make a trade to get whatever they need to improve their ball club than the Royals are. No doubt all five teams have a much better chance of doing that. No doubt. The Royals are too set on, well, last year, you know, Moose got hot and Hosmer was one of the best hitters in the American League in the second half and so on and so forth. We'll do it again. These are our guys. We're sticking with them. We're going to continue to give them a bat after a bat, fail after fail. I mean, they continue to talk about that. So the Royals ain't making moves, guys. Their, their moves are getting Scott Downs, maybe picking up a utility infielder. I mean, their moves are picking up Saunders for rotation depth. Maybe, maybe, I doubt they're going to do it. They should. Maybe upgrade the backup catcher. I mean, their moves aren't going to make the difference. They're not going to make or break this team. So why are we bragging? I mean, they're not bragging. I get it. But why are we acting like the second half is going to happen again? We're not duplicating the second half from last year. Well, first of all, there's no Emilio Bonifacio who went nuts in the second half. People seem to forget how big Bonifacio was for the Royals in the second half last year. So first of all, we don't have him. I don't... Okay, it's possible Dayton Moore, because obviously we didn't have him this time last year. It's possible Dayton Moore has an ace of spade up his sleeve and is going to make a move. It's possible. So I can't say for sure it's impossible, because it is possible. But realistically, where are they going to acquire somebody and play him? Maybe right field, maybe. But the kind of guys that are out there, like Marlon Bird, maybe a Ben Zobras type guy. I mean, these, none of these guys are having great years. And you're going to have to give up too much to get them. I mean, you're, you're on the fringe of a wild card race at this point. Are, are we pretty much to the point where we're not conceding the wild card this year? We're still in that. We're still a few games out. We're still in the wild card race, no doubt. I'm not saying we're not in it. We're still in the wild card race. My whole point is, aren't we to the point now where we don't want to give up too much to get anything for this year? Because even if we get Marlon Bird or whoever, if it costs us Christian Benford or Miguel Almonte or whoever it is, you know, one of our solid B-plus level prospects, do you really want to give that up at this point? Because the upper levels of the minors are pretty barren of legitimate major league prospects, as far as position players go, at least. And there's not that many pitchers. Most of the great pitchers are down in high A right now. Some of them are just now Benford's getting to double A and offensively Dozier's getting to double A. But a lot of the guys like Bonifacio and Calixte and some of the other guys have really been struggling this year. Yeah, Lane Adams has been a nice surprise. But you get the point. I mean, do you want to give up Lane Adams or do you want to give up Christian Benford, those kind of guys to get a Marlon Bird type guy, to get a Ben Zobrist? And if you do, is it really going to make a difference? So 
the answer pretty much is no because the Royals it's just no. And how are you going to prove that D8 spot? Because Billy Butler's not getting better. He hasn't hit for power in a long time now. It's been he's almost like a Banyas. I mean, he had 15 home runs. The doubles were okay last year, but he's continued to go downhill. I see no signs of it changing. The season now, I mean, we're coming up, guys, on the two-third season, not too much longer. A couple more weeks. I mean, we're not the season's well over half over now. I mean, why do we just all of a sudden assume guys are going to start hitting when we come back in the second half? The Royals have a brutal early August. It's never easy going into Boston to start the second half. You're still without Vargas for a while. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't get this whole second half mantra, and I'm, I'm kind of to the point where I don't think the Royals should try to upgrade too much if it's going to cost them very much because I think this year is very fringy at this point. The wild card is still possible, but you're going up against five other teams for one wild card spot. And you're really honestly going to almost have to have the best record in the second half in the AL to get in the playoffs. It may not take quite what it took last year because it is true. The Royals will be at 500 at the All-Star break. That is six games better. That's true. But why are we? I mean, that, that's that's still underachieving. You said it tonight. You're still underachieving. Even at, you're, you're sitting at 500 in, in kind of the all-in year. We, we, we've been sitting here four or five years ago watching six years ago, whatever it was, five years ago watching Mike Jacobs and Ross Glode and, you know, all these guys that have been out there, Willie Bloomquist and Jose Guillen and the guys that were kind of just keeping their position warm for a couple of years until the guys came up. You know, Hosmer, you know, Glode was keeping it warm for Hosmer until he came up. And, you know, over at third base – you had guys like Mark Tien in there who didn't work out and Gordon and on and on. And it's just like we've, we've, we've been waiting for this batch of guys, for Gordon and, and Butler to get to their veteran years, which they're now at. You've been waiting for Moose and Hosmer to get three years in, which they're now at. You know, Salvador Perez is an all-star. Like our, our, our group of players are here that we've been waiting for for the last four to five years. And now we're sitting at 500 at the all-star break and we're banking on having the best record in the AL in the second half to win the second wild card, which gets us a one-game play-in game, essentially, to the real thing. I mean, it's one game. It's like we're putting it all in. So do you really want to go balls to the wall and start giving up stuff for your future, knowing that it's very fringy going against five other teams? So my points in telling you all this are, A, it's very disappointing where we're at. B, I don't see the point in an, I don't see how we're going to improve enough to get that wild card with what we currently have and what's out there right now. Because there's, there's so many teams that are in it, too, that not that many people are selling right now. So it's just going to be a steep price to get anything. And you're not getting a, a game changing bat this time of the year if you're the Royals. It's just not going to happen. So my other point is I just don't see how it's going to happen in the second half this year. I feel like it's setting the Royals up for bigger failure. It's enabling more excuses. Like I feel like we're just giving them more. It's like we're giving these guys nothing but time. Like forever. Hosmer and Moose, I swear they're going to be here forever, and we're still going to be waiting for them to hit. <laughs> you know? We're just enabling more excuses by saying last year, we didn't make the playoffs last year. We had the best record in the second half. Why are we talking about it? Why do we keep bringing that up? Let's address the current issues and talk about it and... I don't know, guys. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> but there's no Bonifacio. Billy Butler's gotten worse. You got Mike Moustakis who can't hit sacrifice flies with men on third and one out time and time again to get runs in. Can't hit the Mendoza line. You've got Eric Hosmer, who, yes, is starting to really turn things around recently. He's got a nice 12-game hitting streak. He's walking more. He's seeing more pitches. His approach is a lot better, but he's still not hitting home runs. His extra base hits mainly have been little slap hits down the left field line for the most part up until this series. I mean, it's just... The, the ball's not going over the fence, and it's the American League. 
you got, what, eight home runs between your two guys, first base and DH. Alex Gordon's banged up right now. You're better in right field, but you would have thought Aoki would have been night and day better than Frenchie. I mean, Abanez is now in there, who's not even close to Frenchie. Dyson's an upgrade, but not night and day upgrade. I mean, there's just... I don't know. Omar Infante, is he an upgrade from what Bonifacio was the second half last year? I'm just, I'm failing to see how we're going to make it happen in the second half this year, guys. But we're still in it, so let's not throw in the flag. I'm just a little down tonight. Frustrated, and my other point in saying this all is I don't think the Royals should go in too much more for the second half. That's my point. The good thing I will say is I don't want to talk about next year yet because this year's not over, but next year we do have a good rotation set up and a good bullpen set up, and I have to believe Dayton Moore will go out and address the DH and right field spots, figure out a way to sign one big bat, and make a trade for one big bat. Probably with one of our relief pitchers, Davis or Holland, somebody else package that, get your big bat at one of the two, and you go sign the other one free agent-wise. Those are your two big bats, and I'm sure they'll go in with Moose and Hosmer next year at the corners, Perez, Gordon, you know, Infante. It'll, it'll be a solid team again next year. That's my point. So let's not mortgage too much more for this year, Is my, I guess is what I'm trying to say overall. We still have a chance at it. I don't like our chances, but let's also not go too, too far in this year trying to get there. Unless we're trying to win the division, which at this point, it's a pipe dream. Let's not worry about it. So let's not go too far in. So in summary, this has been kind of diarrhea of the brain. I admit that. My Here's my points for this dish tonight. Frustrating. It's more of the same that we continue to see on the field. Great pitching from the, from the Royals, both starting and relief pitching. No offense. Game after game. What, nine games this year we've given up two or less and lost. It very easily could have been 10 tonight. Had Aaron Crow not struggled there. In the ninth. So my point in saying all this is even the best second half in the American League, we're still not catching Detroit. And even with the best second half in the American League, we might win the second wild card, which gets us a one-game playoff game. So let's not mortgage too much trying to get there. So let's focus on the wild card, have some fun in the second half, keep hoping, but let's not give up too much trying to get into that second wild card. I guess those are what I'm trying to formulate here by going over everything. So sorry if this if this dish has been kind of like beating your head against the wall. I apologize. It's not it's not my most concise effort. Of the season. So tomorrow, it's Chen and Verlander. The Royals will head into the break eight and a half behind Detroit, 10 in the loss column, exactly at 500 as well. We'll discuss this one tomorrow afternoon here on Clubhouse Conversation. And thank God Detroit will be out of town. We can take a few days off and hopefully start fresh and see if we can't have some nice series to start the second half. Have a good night. Thanks for.